0: minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast
2: What's happening, Packer fans? Happy Thursday. Welcome into an all new episode of the Packaday Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can find me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. I want to start off by thanking our two new Packaday Podcast members, Roxanne Willis, as well as Jose Fernando Lopez Fernandez. Appreciate you guys checking out the Packaday Podcast memberships. If you have not yet done so, make sure to do so because we've got brand new episodes every single week for members only, a live QA every single week for members only, a ton of other perks available. So make sure to check that out. Let's start right away, though, today with injuries, and it's a major topic, and there's a mix of some really good news and some not-so-great news. So let's start with the good news. The best news is that Christian Watson was a full participant at practice. He did everything. Remember, he had the big fall late in the game on the big contested catch. He was ruled to have, you know, potential concussion, or they were testing him for a concussion. I think it was, what, back injury, chest injury, neck injury, like, just the whole gamut, right? So you were kind of fearing the worst. He kind of collapsed out on the field. Thankfully, he is a full participant. Good to go. Matt LaFleur had no concerns. So that is great, great, great news. Additional good news is that Green Bay had four players who were limited. And most of these, like I said, are going to fall in the good news category. Kenny Clark practiced as a limited participant. When he goes off in a cart, that's never a great sign. We kind of hypothesized, hey, this maybe could be a week or two. We still don't know. Maybe it could be something that keeps him out this week. But the fact that he practiced in any capacity on Wednesday is a really great sign for his availability later this week. He was limited. Rudy Ford, who was out this past week, also practiced. He looked good in the very limited time that we were able to see him out in the practice field. He was limited as well. Elton Jenkins, remember, he's kind of been limited as of late over the past few weeks. Don't think there's necessarily any real major concern there. He did practice but he was limited. And then Aaron Jones still listed as limited, however, seems to be taking another step in the right direction. They were in pads, but he was not in the red jersey this week like he was a week ago. So that seems like another step in the progression. Matt LaFleur said he had no concerns with giving Aaron Jones another heavy workload this week if needed, but also praised AJ Dillon for the work that he has been doing as of late. So limited Kenny Clark, Rudy Ford, Elton Jenkins, and Aaron Jones full participant, Christian Watson, that all falls in the pretty darn good news category, especially with Kenny Clark, Rudy Ford, and Christian Watson. However, there are four Packers who did not practice in any capacity. The biggest one, and the one that maybe is the biggest cause for concern, is Jair Alexander. And it's not with a back injury. He has a new injury, which is a shoulder injury. And remember, he has had shoulder injury issues in the past, and you never want to see him have that shoulder flare up ever again. I don't know if it's the same shoulder, different shoulder, we don't know, but he did not practice at all with a shoulder injury. So not great news there. What that means for his availability this week, we just don't know at this point, but it's noteworthy because Razul Douglas is gone. And right now, Eric Stokes still on IR. You've got Carrington Valentine as your outside corner, Keyshawn Nixon in your slot, If Jair's not able to go, your two options on the outside, Corey Ballantyne or Robert Rochelle, that's it. Unless they pick somebody up off somebody else's practice squad. And even if that's the case, I can't imagine they're moving to the front of the line as a starter this week, especially when they weren't at practice on Wednesday. So this looks like if it's not Jair, my guess would probably be Corey Ballantyne, but maybe Robert Rochelle gets some snaps. That is a big difference from Jair Alexander going to one of those two players who are primarily special teams players. At least that's what you would ideally like them to be at this point of the season. So a huge injury to keep an eye on there for Jair Alexander, not just for this week, but who knows how long that could linger. If it's anything serious, we don't know. Could be nothing, could be back this week, but we just don't know at this point. John Runyon Jr. also did not practice. Remember, he left the game for a little bit, which allowed Sean Ryan to play. Sean Ryan, uh, or excuse me, Runyon came back in and then, you know, Ryan left and then spelled Elton Jenkins kind of in garbage time at the end. But Runyon did play the remainder of that game. So that's a good sign. But he did not practice on Wednesday in any capacity. Now, if you were a member and you checked out my episode from yesterday of, is it time to start Sean Ryan anyway? This could provide a great opportunity for Sean Ryan to show what he's capable of in a full game if John Runyon Jr. can't go this week. I would not necessarily, I don't want to see John Runyon Jr. hurt, and I would just rather John Runyon Jr. play and play awesome. That would be great. But I'm not necessarily upset if this leads to an opportunity for us to get to see Sean Ryan in a full game and see what he's capable of. Yash Nyman also did not practice, which would likely mean if he can't go that Rasheed Walker will start at left tackle in his place, that even if, you know, Nyman gets cleared later in the week, it's possible they just go with Walker since he practiced with the team all week. Who knows how they want to deliberate that and figure that out, but either Yash or Rashid is going to be the left tackle. If Yash can't go, it's obviously Rashid. If Yash is limited all week and just kind of practices at the end, but they don't feel like he's hundred percent easily could be Rashid that way as well. And then Quay Walker, the other player who did not practice. Now, thankfully, Isaiah McDuffie had a great week last week. We'll see if he can continue that this week if Quay can't go. And of course, we're going to be monitoring all of these injuries throughout the course of the week to see if we get any improvements, if any players return from injury. But as of right now, Christian Watson, full participant, Kenny Clark, Rudy Ford, Elton Jenkins, and Aaron Jones Limited, Jair Alexander, John Runyan Jr., Yash Nyman, and Quay Walker were the did not practice players. All right, let's jump into grades Top three graded players will start on the offensive side of the ball. Number one, very excited about Elton Jenkins plus 0.70 grade, his second consecutive plus 0.70 grade in the past two weeks. I was really hoping that we were going to see the real Elton Jenkins start to come around again because Green Bay desperately needed it on the offensive line. We know Myers is going to have his up and downs. We know Runyon's going to have his up and downs. We know Nyman or Walker are going to have their up and downs. We know Zach Toms, Mr. Consistency at right tackle. But if you have another player Nelton Jenkins who you're expecting to be a really good player and he has his ups and downs and it looks kind of like everyone else around him, then you're talking about major issues. He needs to be the leader, the consistent player, the guy that you can count in, down in and down out. He's looked much more like that over the past two weeks. As I mentioned the other day, this is only the second time all season the offensive line as a whole graded in the positive. A huge reason for that was Elton Jenkins and his performance in this game. Highest graded player on offense, second consecutive week. Love, love, love to see it from Elton Jenkins. Great in pass pro, great in run blocking. These past two weeks, easily his two most complete games of the season. So he is trending in the right direction. Number two is an interesting one. Christian Watson, plus 0.65. PFF and I didn't necessarily see eye to eye on our offensive grades this week. They had some different players higher. I had different players higher. We've actually been remarkably consistent through the course of this year. Uh, this week was not one of them on the offensive side of the ball. The reason I had Christian Watson so high, first of all, he had the big time jump ball catch at the end of the game that really helped uh, towards the end of the game just to kind of seal that game away. I thought that was a big time play from Christian Watson. I thought he ran blocked very or run blocked very well throughout the course of this game. Jacob Morley over on Twitter posted a video. I retweeted it of him blocking an edge player uh, to allow the uh, running back to get to the outside on a toss play. That's the one where Myers pulls to the outside. Great, great block by Christian Watson on that play. He drew coverage on multiple occasions away from, you know, just taking two defenders with him down the field, which is definitely valuable for this offense. And then the other thing too is on the deep ball that Jordan underthrew a a poor grade for Jordan on it. That should have been a touchdown for Christian Watson on the play. He completely burnt his corner on the play is wide open. And like I said, should have been a touchdown. We're looking at this as a much different performance from Christian Watson. If love just puts that ball on him for what a 50 yard touchdown at that point. So I thought Watson did a ton of really good things in this game. Really positive performance. I know it's just, what, the one catch at the end uh, with, with the big contested catch, but I like this performance. Uh, I think Christian is trending in the right direction. He obviously needs to stay on the field, but this was this was a good one from Christian. All right, and then my third highest grade offensive player, surprise, surprise, Zach Tom, plus 0.45, just steady as it goes, Mr. Consistency positive grade every week. Like we're getting into some Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari territory, not to that level, I think Lindsley and Bakhtiari were both better players, but to the point where it's just a positive every single week. And you're getting to that, just set it and forget it, you know, sort of mindset where you don't even have to worry about Zach Tom. He's just going to do his job over at right tackle, and it's going to be a positive performance. He's been a consistent, positive all year long for Green Bay, no different this week. So top three offensive players, Elton Jenkins, Christian Watson, and Zach Tom, and most importantly, awesome to see two offensive linemen on this list. Bottom three offensive players. Unfortunately, there's also two offensive linemen on this list. John Runyan Jr. again, my high or my lowest graded offensive player. Brutal year so far for J.R.J. Contract year. He's costing himself a ton of money, in my opinion, with the way that he has played so far this year. He has had some injury issues. I'm sure that's part uh, playing a part in some of his issues this year. As I've said over and over, I've expected him to have a really good year and a contract year, and it just hasn't come to fruition. As I mentioned in the members-only Sean Ryan video, JRJ is starting to trend in that Byron Bell sort of territory, where if he continues to play the way that he has this year, through the remainder of the season, his grade's going to be very similar to the, the Byron Bells of the world, which is never a place where you want to be in any sort of conversation with. I think it's time to go to Sean Ryan. It might be just due to the injury overall. He is by far and away my lowest graded Packer on the season so far. Not Rashid Walker, not Josh Myers, not anyone on the defensive side of the ball. It is John Runyon Jr. by a solid margin. And if things don't turn around, Green Bay has to make a decision if they want to go in a different direction at right guard, especially due to the fact that he's not under contract next year and is, is very possibly out of his way or out of Green Bay and on his way out of Green Bay um, at some point next year in the offseason. Friends, welcome to busy season. There's school, sports, holidays, Thanksgivings, Friendsgivings, birthdays, anniversaries, meetings, meetings, about meetings. You get the picture. Obviously, for me, football season is the single busiest time of the year. And with it being busy and with the holidays coming up, we all maybe have a little bit of a tendency to maybe overindulge a bit. And it's really hard to stick with that nutrition plan with all the craziness going on. Well, that's where Factor comes in. Factor is America's number one ready to eat meal service and can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch and dinner with chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to do's. Looking for calorie conscious options over the holidays that also taste great? Try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays? Try protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Whatever your need is, these meals are really, really good and I know you're going to enjoy them. So right now, head to factormeals.com slash Packaday50 and use code Packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code Packaday50 at factormeals.com slash Packaday50 to get 50% off. So many of you probably know that Damian Lillard was just traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And as soon as I found out, I had to get opening day tickets immediately and I will be there at that game because I use game time and even got to use code pack a day for $20 off, which made it even more sweet. The process was so insanely simple. They have these flash deals and you can click on the different areas of the stadium to see which prices are available. You can see the actual view of the seats. It was hassle free and just super, super simple. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals as well. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Event. Get exclusive flash deals and tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without all the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download Game Time today last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hey there, I'm sure you've heard a ton about Daily Fantasy Sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet, do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. Second lowest graded player. Another very familiar name on this list, Josiah Deguara. I, I don't know what else to say at this point. Josiah Deguara adds little to, he, he, there's no value add with Josiah Deguara. In fact, it's a negative almost every single time you're putting him on the field. He had one nice block this week. He had a, he finally executed one of his, you know, come across like cut blocks. It wasn't like a perfectly executed one, but he got it. He did it, which was great to see but he's also still Mr. Inconsistency, missing blocks, not physical, not providing anything in the passing game. I've seen people are like, well, he's doing the dirty work, but he's not doing the dirty work well is the problem. I get there's a ton of added value for guys that are willing to do the dirty work, but you have to do the dirty work well. It's great if you're the guy that's going to be unselfish and set everyone else up for success. You need guys like that unquestionably, but they have to do their job in setting other players up for success. Josiah DeGuar has not done that. I would start looking in another direction, whether they add, you know, maybe a a fullback uh, to the roster or, and just like a legitimate actual fullback rather than the H-back stuff that's been going on. I don't know what it is, but I know that Josiah DeGuara isn't the answer. He hasn't been the answer in any previous season. And I'm not sure why you're wasting the snaps at this point on a player that's consistently providing negative results for you. And I, like, I don't like talking about a player that way. I would rather he just go out and perform at an awesome level and we could all celebrate in the magnificence of Josiah Deguara. It just hasn't been good enough and it sucks and it's unfortunate, but I do think it's time to you know at least give those snaps to a Tucker Craft or um, whomever, just somebody at this point that can maybe do a little bit better job than Josiah Deguara has done with it so far. And then my third lowest graded player is Josh Myers. Guys, I tried. I really, really, really tried. I tried looking at Josh Myers this week with a different lens, meaning Adam Stenovich, Brian Gutekind both say he's playing the best football of his career. So I watched Josh Myers with a more fine tooth comb than I even normally would, even though I'm obviously going through every player and every play. I just wanted to be like, all right, is there is there a way that I could see this in a different way to maybe like, all right, this was actually better than maybe I thought it was I thought he did some nice things this week. The pull to the outside that I mentioned earlier was awesome. He got to the second level well. He had a nice seal block on the second level on another run. There were some things that he did well in this game. It is still far too inconsistent. And a negative 0.3 is not like this brutal grade. If that's your third lowest grade, you're usually in a pretty good spot. But it's still just kind of the, the consistently inconsistent Josh Myers. I don't think he's physical enough in the run game. I think he's inconsistent as a pass protector. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. And like I said, I tried with all of my might to look at it from a, a different lens, a different angle, a different viewpoint. I just, I couldn't see it. And again, it's not a brutal grade. There were some positive things that he did. I don't think that this is like a, a Royce Newman-esque player where you're just like, oh, it like, this is a brutal player. I don't think he's in that same stratosphere of badness, but I do think it is still less to my liking than uh, I think maybe Brian Gutekinds and Adam Stenovich are are saying in uh, in the public, but I don't know. I, I I'm still at a loss and still a little bit confused at the overall Josh Meyer sentiment. But I, I like I said, I tried to look at it in a different way. I still saw it the exact same way. And to be fair, last week I had a positive grade on him, plus 0.25 if I, if I remember correctly. So he's like neutral over the past two weeks. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, that's a fine player in today's NFL if you're neutral as an offensive lineman you're you're totally fine that's a starting caliber player so the past two weeks that's that's fine but this week, still a negative grade, still my third lowest graded player on offense. Some noteworthy ones, Sean Ryan plus 0.35 grade, really nice day from Sean Ryan and very limited snaps. Like I said earlier, I think we have to at least have the conversation as I did uh, in the members only video yesterday about, hey, it's it's time to get maybe Sean Ryan a little bit more playing time and maybe consider John Running Jr. being the person who is taken off the field for Sean Ryan with the injury this week. We'll see if we get to see Sean Ryan in a full game. And if Ryan just goes out and plays well, to me, there's no reason you put John Runyon Jr. back. Zero reason that you would consider it. Now, if Ryan doesn't play well, then by all means, you know, let's see if Runyon can bounce back. But uh, if he goes out and, has, and he does play and start this week and plays great, that just needs to be Sean Ryan's job from there on out. Yash Naiman, Rashid Walker, both graded in the positive. Rasheed Walker, I had a plus 0.1 grade. Yash Naiman, a plus 0.15. PFF, I know, had Rasheed Walker a little bit higher. I think he was in their top three on offense this week. I still have Walker rated a little bit higher than Yash since Yash took over. And then Yash has kind of gone out of each of these games. I don't see a huge differentiator there. I know I might be in the minority. I know people still want Yash to start over Rasheed. I still lean Rasheed. I, I don't think it's like like heavily in Rashid's favor I certainly don't think it's heavily in Yash's favor I think it's certainly a debatable take to have one way or the other but uh this week I had Yash 0.05 higher than Rashid but it was close and uh overall since Yash has taken over I've liked Rashid's grades just a little bit more coming in for the injured Yash Naiman over the course of the past couple of weeks uh, let's get to the defensive side of the ball. Top three graded players on defense. No surprise here. Number one on the list, Carrington Valentine, plus 1.00 grade. Phenomenal in coverage all day long. Here's the thing. When you have Brett Ripon at quarterback, it's going to help you in coverage. The throws aren't going to be as crisp, not as timely, all of those things. That's going to help everyone on the defensive side of the ball in coverage. No question about it. But you just watch Take take the quarterback away. Take the throw away, whether the ball is thrown to the receiver or not. You just watch Carrington Valentine in coverage on these very talented Rams wide receivers throughout the course of the day. I thought Valentine was awesome. He closed well to the ball. He played with so much energy. He was aggressive. Like this is very fun corner play. The aesthetic that he had and just kind of the, the swagger and the confidence was so much fun. And as I said all week, I could feel his energy from the press box. That's the type of energy that he was bringing so much fun out on the field. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be hiccups along the way. He's going to get beat with some double moves at some point. I guarantee it. But this was a fun one from Carrington, and he certainly deserved the top honors this week. Number two on my list, Jair Alexander. I know that there were a couple throws early in the game that he did give up. One of those maybe a little bit of an OPI. I, I don't know. Sometimes those things are going to get uncalled. OPI is not one that officials flag all that often, although Carrington Valentine did draw one later in the game, but I thought Jair was great, especially in the second half. I thought this was his best game in run defense. Of course, now he has an injured shoulder, uh, which you know hopefully he doesn't shy away from contact again because of this injured shoulder. I thought he was really good in coverage in the second half, Again, you're going against some really talented wide receivers on the Rams side of the ball. He was aggressive. He was flying around. This this looked more like the Jair Alexander. Matt LaFleur mentioned the same thing. When when you talk about the the Jair that's a Pro Bowl caliber player, we saw a much closer version to that this week. And it was badly needed. It was great to see him come back and play with that level of intensity and energy. And hopefully the shoulder injury doesn't set him back. And uh, you know, he can just get back out there and play like he did this past week against the Rams. Number three, Colby Wooden, great fourth down stuff, but I thought he was really solid and consistent throughout the course of the game. You go throw on just about any Colby Wooden play from this game, and it was either a neutral or a positive grade. He was so, um, just like fundamentally sound, even as a run defender in this game, he was getting into the backfield, he was holding up at the point of attack. He looked like a totally different player this week. That's a really positive sign for a young player who has some talent, has some juice, and is really, I think, giving great effort so far this year. He's had trouble in run defense, kind of just getting blown off the ball a few times. I know Justice kind of talked about that early in the year. I I thought he is like showing much, much better, especially this week against the Rams in run defense than he has at any other point this season. And that's hopefully one of those things where we're talking about progress from young players, where it can be consistent and kind of carry over from game to game. Great game this week from Colby Wooden. So top three, Carrington Valentine, Jair Alexander, and Colby Wooden bottom three, Devonte Wyatt, negative 0.5 grade. Um, let me just say my other one too. TJ Slayton was the second one, negative 0.2. I didn't think Slayton had like a bad game this week. In fact, I posted an awesome, awesome play by TJ Slayton where he gets off of his block and chases down on the opposite side of the field, a stretch play for a 330 pound dude, just an unbelievable play. I thought Wyatt and Slayton both got worse as the game went on, having to take on a little bit more of the load with Kenny Clark injured, which is kind of going to be expected. Those guys haven't had to shoulder that heavy of a load in the past. So that'll be something that's interesting. Now, Kenny practiced, so hopefully they don't have to play without Kenny. But uh, I'm I'm not concerned about Slayton. Wyatt uh, did not play well in run defense through the course of the game and just didn't make his usual splash play or two as a pass rusher. So that's how you kind of get a, a negative 0.5 grade. Wyatt was really the only defender that I thought had like a bad day. TJ Slayton was more up and down, closer to a neutral game. And then Kingsley N'Gbaré, my third lowest graded player, negative 0.15, just didn't provide much impact as a rusher or a run defender, not an egregious grade by any means. And again, if your bottom two grades are negative 0.15 and negative 0.2, you are in a really good spot. And Devante is really the only one that stands out with a negative 0.5 grade. Some other noteworthy ones. I know a lot of people online were asking about Carl Brooks. Nice game from him. I had a plus zero point two grade. He had the phenomenal play where he reset the line of scrimmage like five yards in the backfield, and then you know LVN was able to come and make the tackle behind the line of scrimmage. That was such a fun play from Carl Brooks. Batted down two bat, you know passes at the line of scrimmage. So some good stuff. Still some, you know, run defense specifically outside of that one play, still getting moved around a little bit, turned around. Didn't think he had his usual wins as like a pass rusher where he's like doing his great hands move and kind of getting into the backfield. So this was a solid, really nice day for Carl Brooks, but not anything that you're going to be like, whew, look at him with like a plus 1.0 grade or something like that. But nice, solid day from Carl. LVN plus 0.15. He continues to trend in the right direction. He had that tackle for a loss in the backfield, which was set up by Carl Brooks, but I think he consistently is playing a better brand of football, being more physical, setting the edge better, playing with a bit more intensity, and you're seeing him now become a positive player on a week-to-week basis rather than some of the negative grades that he was getting earlier. Is it the big breakout performance with two sacks and a forced fumble or something like that yet? No, we're not there yet, but it's trending right, it's getting better, and it keeps getting me excited for what's to come because you are seeing the progress from LVN week after week. Jonathan Owens, plus 0.55 grade. I thought his game was really underrated this week, filled in the box consistently in the running game, played solid in coverage, no egregious errors, just a really solid veteran performance from Jonathan Owens. And then Anthony Johnson Jr., plus 0.05 grade, had the interception, had another pass breakup off of a big hit. Thought there was some plays in coverage where he could have been a little bit better, a little bit tighter, just maybe a little bit more assignment, sure but this is a really positive step for a rookie seventh round pick making his first start in the NFL to have a positive grade period, even if it was a slight positive is a really great sign. And hopefully a harbinger of things to come for the future of Anthony Johnson Jr. at safety. If Rudy Ford is back this week, it will be interesting to see, do they go with Jonathan Owens? Do they go with Anthony Johnson Jr.? My guess is they stick with Owens, but that'll be an interesting one. And just to see if, if uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. does get some playing time in some capacity. So Bottom three, again, Wyatt, Slayton, and Ninigbare, My noteworthy ones, Carl Brooks, plus 0.2. LVN, plus 0.15. Owens, plus 0.55. And Anthony Johnson Jr., plus 0.05. That is going to do it for me today. Shout out to our Hall of Fame and All Pro members: Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wayne, John Wilde, Shea Bradad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Donald Lee, and Lori Lord. Again, check out those Packaday Podcast memberships if you have not done so yet. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow with a Mike Wall episode. Always can't miss. If you are not checking out the Friday Mike Wall episodes, I swear to you, you are missing a unreal episode every single week. So make sure to do that. Make sure to subscribe. I'll see you tomorrow. But until next time, and as always. Go Paco.